In the business of bars, it helps to find a niche. The biggest something or other. Famous for whatchamasomething since 19-whatever. In the small town of Mamou, Louisiana, deep in Cajun country, Fred's Lounge, open 68 years, is infamous for its business hours. Open Saturday mornings. Only. No other time. You forget that when you, when you walk outside, it's not 1 o'clock in the morning, it's 1 o'clock in the afternoon, and you feel like a vampire. You're just like, ah, the sun! You're listening to Gravy. 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 Stories of the changing American South through the foods we eat. We are a production of the Southern Foodways Alliance. I'm Tina Antolini. It's pretty safe to say that Fred's Lounge is the only place serving beer for at least 100 miles at 8 a.m. on a Saturday. Or at least serving beer to this kind of crowd. And that beer, or Bloody Mary, or whatever you'd like, is served up with live traditional Cajun music, a live radio show, a devoted community of Cajun dancers, and visitors from around the state, the country, and the world. It's been this way for decades. That's thanks to the real lifeblood of Fred's, its eccentric empress. An 83-year-old woman who oversees the rowdy crowd and parties right alongside them. We had Eve Tro make the drive from New Orleans to find out what makes a local dive internationally famous. Mamou, Louisiana has about 3,000 people and a main street out of a movie set. Storefronts with wooden letters. A barbershop... Saturday morning, 7.45 a.m., the street is so empty I walk right down the middle, then cross to the corner to the squat, bricked front of Fred's Lounge. I put my hand on the doorknob and go to turn it, expecting it not to budge. Too early. But no. A turn and a push, and I'm inside the cavernous bar. So are a lot of other people. Hey, Fred, how you doing? The band's in soundcheck. Not quite 8 a.m., a beautiful, tall woman, deep brown eyes, bright smile, holds a half-drunk drink and a half-eaten link of boudin. That's this Cajun pork sausage made with rice. Yes, this is the breakfast of champions at Fred's. Boudin and Bloody Mary. Doesn't get any better. More on boudin later. What's your name? Yvette Landry. (laughs) Are you a regular? I'm a musician. I'm playing today. What do you play in the band? Bass. She's played here about 10 years with this white mustached guy in a Hawaiian shirt. Uh, Randy Vadrine and I'm singing and playing guitar. This is the only place that I know of with a gig at 9 in the morning, anywhere. Come over here for 8 o'clock to set up. We start at 9.05, I believe. Start playing live on the radio. KVPI The Legend, 10.50 on the AM dial. Every Saturday, 9 to 11 a.m., live from Fred's Lounge. And the music keeps going into the afternoon, 1.30 or so. Randy and Yvette's band, the Lafayette Rhythm Devils, play once a month right now. Every October, November, December, January, February, and Mardi Gras. Hunting season. We rotate with the guy that he goes hunting and we take his place and then that's just the way it works. That's the answer behind a lot of things at Fred's. Just the way it works. People can't remember when rituals and patterns began at this 68-year-old bar. Its walls covered in faded ads, framed photos of Cajun musicians, handwritten signs like, you may not bring in your drugs, drama, drinks, or please do not stand on the table's cigarette machine or jukebox. Like the seasons, hunting or Mardi Gras, things here just are. 
Well, if you look at the place, you can tell it's been here. It's, it's not pretentious. It ain't pretty. I remember, and where did it go? Where's the girl? There it is. That post has been there since I've been here in 72. It shows a lineup of people with their backs to the viewer, standing at urinals. One sticks out. He or she is wearing a skirt. Very 70s. Very early 70s. Peace and love. That's when Randy first played here, more than 40 years ago. For Cajun music, Yvette Landry calls this dive bar a temple. It's real. <laughs> to me, let me see if I can put this in words. It's a measure of your the trueness to what you play Cajun music because these people have been, they, they grew up listening to this and this has been a part of their lives. And I mean, we can bring our music to everywhere else, but when they walk in and they cross their arms and they look at you like that, all right, what you got? If you don't make the grade, you're, you're gone. Don't come back. Oh, the, the audience will tell you. Mm. Y'all, no, y'all not too good. <laughs> and those discerning fans, well, they need new players to keep up the tradition, obviously. Yvette Landry's son is on drums, and it's another band member's first time playing Fred's. Uh, my name is Ryan Brunet. I play the accordion. You have your boudin already? Yes, I did. <laughs> How was it? Oh, it was fantastic. <laughs> even had a couple of cracklings. Not too many, though. I'm trying to watch my figure. <laughs> they asked me if I'm physically fit. I said, yes, I'm very round. <laughs> that self-proclaimed round squeeze box player starts up with the rest of the band. Fred's is Cajun culture. It's the place where it's made, where it's continued, in the bosom of Acadiana, where the Cajuns settled, French refugees booted from Nova Scotia by the British a few hundred years ago. There's a kind of consciousness that's developed over time, of cultural identity and its appeal to outsiders. Cajun has become commodified over the decades. If you've ever eaten blackened anything in a restaurant, you've participated in that. There's a Cajun and Zydeco Music Grammy Award now. There are more festivals for the music and the food than ever, from Colorado to Cologne, Germany. Fans from those places make pilgrimages here to see fourth-generation Cajun dancers take to the floor like ships set sail. Much is made, in online reviews, of the fact that there's no stage at Fred's. The band's right there, the fiddle player circled by swirling couples and spilled beer. In the corner, an older couple's perched on bar stools, regulars. They ask where my beer is. I ask where they're from. And it's quickly apparent they are exactly the people you hope to meet when you're from somewhere else. Uh, Lou and Donnie Stu's from Crowley. Took a while before she uh, adjusted to uh, drinking and dancing at eight o'clock in the morning. You know. So do they serve each other? Do you dance better when you've had a drink at eight in the morning? He does. <laughs> he does. I don't necessarily need a, a beer or whatever. I say, don't all men need a few beers before they they can dance or think they can dance anyway? <laughs> Why is it? They think they have two left feet. <laughs> and just can't dance. <laughs> we have cracking. Would you like to try one? Sure, yeah. You always <laughs> You know, if it breaks your teeth, well, that's part of it. That's part of eating crackling. There's a, it's not crispy all the way through. Right. No, it's just the skin. 
that crackles, you know, and, and that's where they get the name of the cracklings from. Do your children come here at all? Do your children dance? You ever bring your kids or anybody? Enough to dance, but their spouse doesn't dance. Why that happened? You know, both of us, I mean, that's how we met at a youth center a long time ago because of music and dancing. But I don't know. They, and, and all my kids love to dance. Some of them even taught, taught dancing, you know. He continues, even though the band's starting up again. Opposite of tracks. Donnie takes Lou's hand and off they go. The bar fills up. Couples vie for space. It takes a careful other sort of dance to weave through them to the restrooms. People put their hands on both your shoulders to let you know they're scooching behind you. Beers are ordered, nestled in camouflage koozies. A man with pomaded hair and a short sleeve powder blue shirt tucked into starched wranglers asks for a waltz later. I hear accents from all over the US and other languages. Is that French maybe? No, Flemish. A few big cameras point their big lenses right at the band. None say hello to me with my microphone out, tourists often not being fond of crossing paths in places that are supposed to be off the beaten path. It's about 10.30 a.m. Behind the bar, two skinny arms lift a cardboard box above the fray. Fred's lounge royalty has arrived. Taunt Sue. Taunt being a slang term for aunt. She's the 83-year-old former owner, ex-wife of Fred, the forever figurehead of the lounge, come with her boudin bites to hand out to the crowd. Some bikers, yeah, full leather Harley Davidson guys, peek in the box at the sliced up boudin and pass. You thought they were what? I thought they were donut holes. <laughs> this is when you may find out who's a local and who's not. Almost everyone from out of state or out of country, yeah, they might sip a Bloody Mary or a beer, but many of those outsiders' stomachs seize up at the idea of a homemade sausage with a lot of liver in it for breakfast. I see several visitors wave a new hand at the box of boudin. Of boudin, Calvin Trillin once wrote in The New Yorker, I figure about 80% of boudin is consumed before the purchaser has left the parking lot and most of the rest of it is polished off in the car. In other words, Cajun boudin not only doesn't get outside the state, it usually doesn't even get home. Locals at Fred's know Tantsu has arrived by the trail of her boudin. I can smell it when she walked through the back door, I can smell it from here. <laughs> and there's way more to Tantsu's antics than just handing out sausage. This 83-year-old woman with a head of white curls had a hip replacement last year, so she doesn't dance as much as she used to. But she does wear a leather gun holster, which happens to perfectly fit a bottle of schnapps, mix of hot damn cinnamon and green apple pucker. She'll give you a sip, but if you want more than that, go order a tantsu at the bar. When the band plays an accordion solo, Sue grabs the handles of the accordion printed on her Fred's t-shirt. It's placement on her chest strategic so that when she plays air accordion, it looks, well, it looks like she's giving herself what junior high boys call a titty twister. When people call Fred's real, it's because Taunt Sue is real. Taunt Sue to Mamu at Fred's Lounge in Mamu, Louisiana. It's not Mamu, it's Mamu. I sit down with her at the bar at night when Fred's is closed for a talk and some history, 
It's hot for autumn. The AC is cranked and mosquitoes buzz. She gives the basics. Fred's Lounge opened in 1946. Two brothers and a best friend. And Fred was the love of a teenage Sue. Their families went back generations. My family and Fred's family, I'm sure six or eight, six, seven or eight. They started their own family. Sue worked day jobs. Fred did fine with the bar. Draft beer, frozen mugs, and he had his after-work customers. They'd sit at the bar and they'd drink their draft beer after they got off work. He had a steady business. It was a team effort, raising three kids and having the bar. Fred would come in at 7 or 7.30 in the morning. I would go after my children went to school. I'd go off on a job. When I got off at 5 o'clock, I'd go home, fix supper, see about the homework. At 7 o'clock, the phone would ring. They'd say, Mama, it's Daddy. He wants you to go take his place, <laughs> which I would. I'd come in at around 7, 7.30, take his place. He'd go home, rest a while, come back around 10 or 10.30 and close up. Sue got her training as a bouncer that way, dealing with tough customers. They would drink a lot. Someone would pass out in the bar and they had to drag them out. Oh, it was chaos. At some point, a professor who studied Cajun culture suggested a live Cajun jam session. And that's how the radio broadcast began from Fred's. Then, around 1982, somehow, Sue doesn't know how, Charles Corralt found Fred's. We went looking for the beating heart of Cajun life in Louisiana. And that's how we ended up at Fred's Lounge in the town of Mamou at 9 o'clock in the morning. 9 o'clock in the morning. Miller time. He featured it in one of his CBS News On the Road segments. Fred's Lounge has the smell of beer and joy. It's the place you didn't think existed anymore. The place your mama told you to stay away from when you were a kid and you grew up and didn't, and were never sorry. Fred's Lounge makes you wish you were a Cajun, too. That's when the change happened. More visitors, more crowds. The Saturday morning shows became a hit. Fred and Sue had divorced by then. She watched the success from afar. He never realized how popular this place was, never. Time went on, the popularity grew, and then Fred passed away in 1996 no clear successor to run the place. I told the girls, I said, y'all have a gold mine there and get something going. Well, Mama, we work. That's when we decided we'd do it just on Saturday mornings. And they found the growing tourist crowd an easier one to handle. The tourists don't drink a lot. They're slow drinkers. They spend money, though. T-shirts, beer huggers, caps, any souvenir. And that's needed to keep a place open when it technically only has six business hours a week. Sue says the crowd has totally changed since the bar first opened. Now we have very, very few of our locals. Our occasion, when they come into a bar, they expect to see somebody they know and they start drinking and they start telling jokes and they walk in and they don't know a face. Well, they don't stay very long. Without a clientele of town regulars, how's a place like Fred's Lounge still local? How does a place fit into the community when it transforms from an after-work watering hole to an international destination? More on that and more live from the dance floor at Fred's Lounge coming up. Hi, it's Melissa. And if you're looking for another great podcast from the South, then you have to check out No Small Endeavor, produced by our friends at Great Feeling Studios and PRX. 
Each episode, award-winning professor and Nashville native Lee C. Camp merges the worlds of philosophy, theology, the arts, and more to ask the question, how can we live a good life while nourishing the soul? Plus, it's the only show I know that features everyone from legendary actor and filmmaker Rob Reiner to Southern activist and author Anthony Ray Hinton. So go ahead. Follow No Small Endeavor on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And tell them Gravy said hey. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. There's the sponsor's music, and today's sponsor is a Louisianan by birth. Billy Reed grew up in Ameet, just south of the Mississippi line. His mom ran a women's clothing boutique out of his grandmother's one-time home. That gave Billy his first sense of fashion. He went from that to designing his own clothing line and winning awards from the Council of Fashion Designers of America. You can see Billy's southern-born clothes in his stores across the country, from New York City to Nashville to New Orleans, or online at BillyReed, that's R-E-I-D, dot com. Where we left off, Eve Tro was navigating us through the world of Fred's Lounge, a bar in tiny Mamou, Louisiana, that's been around for 68 years. These days, it's only open on Saturday mornings. But Fred's never lacks for customers. People crowd in and get so loud, they may not even notice there's a radio broadcast going on. As the morning goes on at Fred's Lounge, the band and the crowd order more drinks. You might notice a petite young woman, short brown hair, glasses, step up to a microphone between songs with a bottle of water. Anona Balfa is the host of Live at Fred's, 9 to 11 Saturday mornings on KVPI AM. The show's been on since the 1960s. She's the first ever female host, and at 35 years old, probably the youngest by far. She's hosted the show about two and a half years now. Bass player Yvette Landry says the first time she played Fred's, she fell in love with the radio part of it. They take a break to do announcements, community announcements. One of the first announcements that they did was they had the sale paper from the Piggly Wiggly. And it's all en français, it's all in French. So you can get your chicken fries for $1.39 a pound, you can go get this. And people listen to this so they can find out what kind of sales are going on at the pig. <laughs> Anona Balfa comes from a long line of Cajuns including well-known musicians. I'm from, uh, originally here from Mamou. My, my uncles are uh, the Wolfhard brothers, Dewey and Will. My father is Berkman. He was the second youngest to brother, and he played the triangle on the, the first record that they did. She grew up hungry to learn what her parents were saying in French. My poor mama, mama, what are y'all saying? What are y'all saying? Or if they'd have something they didn't want us to know, oh, that was the best thing. You knew if they were speaking French, that they were saying something that they didn't want you to know. And she did learn, mostly from Cajun songs, the Balfour Brothers records advertised with translations in French and English. And Anona would listen with her mother guiding her along. 
not French like many her age who learned in high school and college, but the way people spoke at home. And that's what made her such a find for the radio. A Balfa family member who speaks Cajun French? Hard to come by. But Anona took convincing to get on the microphone. Man, the first week I had to do it by myself. The first two, three weeks, I, I know, I remember my, pa- my paper would shake and, my, and my, my knees would shake. Everything would shake. At first, she thought Fred's reputation as a tourist spot would save her. But no. I used to think whenever I first started, I'm never going to see the same person twice. I could I can mess up. It's okay, you know, because when I first started, I was really, really nervous. And every week, those same people, every week, some of them regulars. Despite Sue saying the locals have disappeared, Anona sees a dedicated crew of dancers and drinkers from surrounding towns. At Fred's, these two women together run a tight ship because Taunt Sue has lots of rules, too. No music that's not traditional Cajun. No new country, no fusion-y stuff. Also, no kissing on the lips, no cursing. While there might not be much of a strictly local crowd, there are plenty of dancers from hundreds of miles around who come to two-step, and regulars who make a pilgrimage every year. A tall, thin guy with stringy long hair hugs Taunt Sue, glad to see her up and around after her hip replacement last year. She hands him her bottle of schnapps from the holster, and he takes a sip. Hot damn! Glad to see you doing better, baby. The last time you handed me one of these, it had moonshine in it. His friend jokes that Sue's a bootlegger. Again! <laughs> Sue starts making the rounds to find out who's here, from where. They sign her guest book. Then she gets on the mic and calls out the visitors. The guests from furthest away get gifts. Cajun spices, roux, barbecue sauce... Sue's genuinely interested in everyone who shows up, how they found out about it, why they came. They're from England. My name is Sarah, I'm from London, England. And I heard about this from uh, um, over in London and thought I'd better make the effort to come and, and it's wonderful. Well, I couldn't quite imagine there could be a bar open at this time of the morning and that anybody would bother to come and that the atmosphere could just take lift off. But um, it's, it's amazing and I just, it's, it must be unique, I think. But some tourists really shy away from this attention. They're here for, you know, some authentic experience. They don't want to be pandered to. Steve's from Washington State. It's his first time. Uh, There's a little community of Zydeco and Cajun music dancers and lovers in Seattle. So I've been dancing with them for about three years. Uh, I I got a heads up on Fred's that uh, it's just a fun place to go if you want to start drinking at 8 in the morning and get completely blasted by cigarette smoke. So it's my kind of place. I like bars. He seems a bit dismayed to see visitors he recognizes from a festival yesterday or a concert last night. But this doesn't mean Fred's is a touristy place. In the mostly small towns of Cajun country, there are simply only so many places to be seen, only so many places to go, There isn't some secret underground, in-the-know circuit. As tourism grows, thankfully for local musicians, cooks, and other culture bearers, they simply share space with the locals. Without these outside appreciators and devoted fans, places like Fred's wouldn't have enough customers to sustain, especially being open just one morning a week. 
The band winds down, starts its last number. Sue gets on the microphone to sing. People push open the door to leave and squint, shocked by the sunlight. Even bass player Yvette Landry. You forget that when you when you walk outside, it's not one o'clock in the morning, it's one o'clock in the afternoon, and you feel like a vampire. You're just like, ah, the sun. What do you do the rest of the day when you walk out and it's 1 p.m.? Yeah, exactly. Well, you go play another gig. <laughs> the band packs up. Some of them, yes, will play a second show somewhere else today. Out on the back porch of the barber shop next door to Fred's, Sue looks over her guest book. It's just the latest one in a long line. Oh, I must have at least 25, maybe 30. When I retired from behind the bar as a barmaid in January of 2011, gave me 12 guest books that were signed by different people. That was my gift. And I had all the ones of Fred before he passed away. Maybe when I get old enough and I retire, I'll be able to look through them. Too busy right now? Too busy right now. Just 83 years old, so I'm hoping that I'll keep going for a few years and then when I'll completely stop, hopefully I can still see and concentrate to look through my guest books. Sue says her family is not interested in taking over Fred's. They've worked in the business, in some way or another, for much of their lives. And here, again, is where fresh interest, fresh people are needed. Just as tourists seek new experiences, so do locals, so does anybody. It would be unfair to ask places and families and people to stay exactly the same so that they're preserved while the rest of us move about our lives. The white-haired Sue with her boundless energy is synonymous with Fred's. As much as the live music, the dancing, or the novelty of drinking beer early on a Saturday morning. What really creates this community, what people really come to Fred's for, is to see Sue, see the world she's created and the one she sustains. You get the sense it will keep going somehow, even when she's gone. A memorial to her welcoming, tireless Cajun spirit. Eve Trow is the news director at WWNO, the NPR affiliate in New Orleans. Music for this episode was mostly recorded live at Fred's Lounge, with some extra by Balfa Toujours. Our theme is by Wendell Patrick. Sponsorship music is by Jazar. You can see a picture of Tant Sue taking a shot of schnapps on our website, southernfoodways.org. Coming up, a taste of what's up next on Gravy, but first... And with that familiar music, you know I'm talking sponsors again. And right now, I want to talk about the work of the Southern Foodways Alliance, the University of Mississippi nonprofit that produces this podcast. Gravy is just one of many things the SFA does. Another awesome thing, oral histories, hundreds and hundreds of them, capturing the unsung voices of Southern food. Folks like John Saucier, who worked for years as a custodian in Mamou, Louisiana, and started Saucier's Sausage Kitchen when he retired. He makes his boudin fresh by hand, part by pig part. Oh, the boudin. And the boudin, we gotta use the, the whole jaw, the, the whole, the belly, meat, and the liver, and the heart, the kidney. We put all that in there, all the good stuff. You gotta, you gotta put the right thing in it. If you become a member of the SFA, you'll be helping to gather those oral histories. 
You can learn more at our website, southernfoodways.org. Coming up on the next episode of Gravy, so often personal stories about food focus on the sweet, but there is plenty of bitter in the mix, too. I don't believe in the magical soul-healing powers of food anymore. I'm mad about all the packages of ramen he ate late at night when he'd come home from work. Subscribe on iTunes to catch that next time. And while you're at it, review us. We need your help to reach new audience members. I'm Tina Antolini for the Southern Foodways Alliance. This is Gravy. And as you go about your daily life, please remember, make cornbread, not war. <laughs>